Bismillahirrahmanirrahim in the name of Allah most gracious most merciful from education to work by Dr. Isa Hassan Al-Ansari the rector of PMU Prince Muhammad bin Fahad University youth training and development how educational institutions and labor market institutions work to prepare and train a skilled workforce for future needs page 213 <coughs> 4-5 lifelong learning lifelong learning many large international companies have been quick to design continuing education and training strategies to be a component of a human resources development and quality when we recall that it is the large institutions that have begun to include continuing education and training in the human resource and the human resources development system, we recall that the size of the institution has a strong relationship with the issue of continuing education and training. Statistics in the U.S. and European countries indicate that the number of large institutions that adopt the strategies of continuing education and training is increasing, and that some of these large institutions have become advisory bodies in this type of education and training and help other institutions to raise the performance of their staff on the concept of continuing education and training. But what is the fate of a small and medium-sized enterprise that may not be able to finance the strategy of continuing education and training to raise the performance of uh, their employees? At the same time, these institutions fall under the heavy cost of training workers. There is a need to find ways to help these institutions, whether through consultancy or financial support, in order for these institutions to adopt the strategies of continuing education and training for their employees. Occupational training, in which the large institutions play a major role in training the youth on the needs of the job that will be assigned to them and providing them with some skills related to the job requirements in the globalization era to make them able to move from one job to another, especially if the educational and training institutions that play this role are very few, as in the case of as in the case in many developing countries. The problem in these countries lies in the gap between education and training institutions on the labor and the labor market, where the youth automatically move from education to work without going through the training processes unless they are allowed to be in a large institution that is based on youth training before accepting their jobs. Otherwise, it is common in many countries uh, the natural transition from education to work and thus the process reinforces many problems including the inability of the youth to meet the needs of the job or the jobs assigned or the job assigned to them from here comes the saying incompatibility of education outputs uh, incompatibility of education uh, outputs with the needs of the labor market while this saying has no application on the reality of uh, the labor market in many Arab countries because it is an application that has an absolute uh, public status. When we talk about the education outcomes, what do we mean by them? By them? Do we mean uh, numerical, specialist, or skill outputs? When we uh, talk about the needs of the labor market are these what the job market wants or what the market uh, requires as we know there is a difference between wants and needs 
so the matter needs a little certain certainty. We can replace it for the purposes of this book by incompatibility of the applicant's competencies with the needs of the job to be assigned to them. Many countries, especially the developed, have overcome this gap through the occupational training conducted by these institutions. While in developing countries, it is quite different uh, since there is a disagreement between education institutions and labor market institutions on, on who plays the role of occupational training. The labor market uh, considers that the readiness of the young graduate to work is the responsibility of the educational and training institutions. While the educational institutions consider that their role ends with the completion of education period preparation, between this and that, the graduate stops bewildered. If we take Japan, for example, it has made occupation training part of the educational and training process. Companies are committed to receive the youth after completing their period of preparation and empowering them through, edu- through occupation training on the competencies required for the jobs they will be assigned to. So it can be said that the issue of incompatibility of education outcomes with the needs of the Japanese labor market may not be as strong as the developing world. <coughs> the Japanese emphasized on the inclusion of the issue of occupation training of labor market institutions to provide the youth with technical and skill competencies, i.e. soft skills. They are the skills required by the jobs in the present day. In contrast, many countries in the world have begun to set up in-service training targets to address the vulnerabilities of public education or education and training institutions associated with the public sector in an effort to help the youth catch up with job changes which they cannot study in the classroom. The expansion of partnership education projects between education and training institutions on the one hand and the labor market, including the apprenticeship on the other hand, would reduce the cost of occupation training that is being conducted by large companies. When the relationship is strong through a partnership between the two parties, as is the case with the dual learning system in Germany, continuous education and training is automatically done and is followed by the preparation period. Many developed countries such as Germany, Great Britain, Britain and Norway have tended to adopt uh, participatory education and training uh, tracks to reduce the cost of occupation training while ensuring that the needs of the labor market are met despite the increasing demand for continuing education and training. However, the evidence suggests that private sector investment in staff training is not at the required level, with the exception of the countries where ongoing training has become a tradition such as Germany, Denmark, Japan and Switzerland. One of the difficulties facing employment in the Arab labor markets is that private labor market institutions, including factories and companies, do not rely on training to provide workers with general competencies, portable skills, as much as providing them with the specific skills that meet the specific job needs of these companies. But what if the workers are distant to move from one company to another? They are then confronted with the needs of their new job and and have to repeat training again. With rising unemployment rates in various parts of the world at the beginning of the 1970s and early 1980s, many countries across the world have begun to develop training programs for the unemployed, especially those who have spent long periods of time without work. 
We should mention here the role of continuous training for all segments, including the poor, who usually do not have the support of training programs, especially their own, or even dropouts from different stages of education. Here, governments should prepare training programs for such people to enable them to acquire the necessary competencies for some of the professions available in the market so that they can join the market institutions. The orientation of continuous education and training programs and their connection to development needs should be clear to their beneficiaries. A distinction must be made between education and continuing training, which is usually followed by the preparation stage and the training processes, whether occupational or vocational. Continuing education and training programs usually include developing the skills of the beneficiaries in basic and advanced skills required by all jobs such as team working, leadership, numeracy, creativity, safety at work, developing some technical skills that ultimately aim to raise the productivity of labor. Training in these skills may increase productivity and increase workers' income and thus give them continuity in, in work as well as the acquisition of developmental experiences and occupational development. It may be appropriate that continuing education and training strategy should be directed not only at working groups but should uh, cover all segments of society. In particular, as mentioned, school uh, dropouts who are subject to delinquency and also people with special needs, especially those working in small and medium-sized institutions who are unable to train their staff in the surface due to their limited budgets and the training of such groups. One of the incentives that governments should take to motivate small and medium-sized institutions to undertake continuous education training is to exempt them from duties and taxes in order to direct these revenues to educate and train their employees. Governments should in fact adopt the, adopt the distribution of their own priorities when talking about continuing education and training, especially in developing countries, some of which are not concerned with the education and training of youth with the special circumstances as we have mentioned. In the 21st century, with the globalization of the market, the benefits of continuing education have spread to be an effective revenue for eradicating poverty and its repercussions throughout the world, including developed countries. The problem is that the poor's access to basic education and occupation training is low compared to others, resulting in low productivity, training, low wages, and also employment outside the formal labor market. So there was an urgent need to uh, direct continuing education to such people to increase their functional capacities and thus reflect on the wages they receive from these jobs. Women represent the largest proportion of poverty, especially in developing countries or even those seeking progress. It was therefore necessary to pay attention to women and their areas of work and to enable them to have the vocational competencies to carry out the jobs available on the market and to ensure equal training opportunities and delivery to women as in the case of men and to provide more opportunities through continuous education training that would develop their competencies and thus give them the opportunity to enter the competition to gain better career opportunities which is reflected in the wages they receive. The foundations of laws and policies that support the processes and activities of lifelong learning and directing them to develop the competencies of workers in both the formal and informal private labor market, especially those with low competencies and who have not had the chance to receive training opportunities, would increase their competencies and improve their wages. The experience of some developed countries is an example. Private sector institutions are one of the 
leaders of lifelong education and training work. They develop these as part of their training policies in these institutions. Such policies aim to promote equity and equality between job applicants of both genders. There is no doubt that there are some elements that pose challenges and that should be associated with continuous uh, education and training. These elements are instrumental in strengthening the link between basic education and vocational or occupational training with the continuous education and training activities. One of the benefits of this connection is that continuing education and training is, in fact, the continuity of basic education and training processes. The workers are able to become aware of uh, the development the developments around them in this field and also their competencies which are reflected in the job performance and private and provide them with general functional skills even if they move to another job they do not find it difficult to deal with it this does not mean the end of continuous education training providing the worker with job specific skills continues in this sense it is the responsibility of governments to provide the youth with continuing education and training which ensures that they are provided with employment skills joint efforts and complementary action between government and private actors as well as individuals are inevitable for the success of the continuing education and training processes as the government has the responsibility to lay the groundwork for the initiation of continuing education and training to determine its tracks for the private sector to play the primary supporting role for these operations and take advantage of this support and the results of joint efforts. The author may conclude from this analytical conclusion that most of the training policies in many countries of the world do not meet the actual knowledge and skills needs of the, com- of the economy. At the dawn of the 21st century, the need for basic education and uh, training has increased, but this has reached only a significant proportion of the population of the year, especially in Arab countries or those seeking progress. For financial reason, some countries have ignored the economic and social need for the rehabilitation and training of in-service workers in order to modify their practical performance or provide them with the new skills. <clears throat> As a result, countries have had the difficulty in uh, uh, prosecuting the results. <clears throat> As a result, countries have had difficulty in uh, prosecuting the results of globalization or new technologies as well as improving productivity and entering the competition world. All countries, especially the Arab ones, must therefore strive to continue improve the inputs and outputs of basic education at all levels as well as the training processes that follow basic education. Countries should strengthen their active participation. <coughs> countries should strengthen their active participation with the private sector as well as individuals in a unified collective effort to invest optimally in manpower training as well as continuing education training. Efforts should be supported with financial and human resources, clear plans and strategies, both for the local or international dimension. 4.6. Vocational or occupational training. <coughs> does education does education with all its styles and levels, especially the technical aspect, guide the youth for a specific job? in the labor market? Or should this education be directed to broader areas that are directed to occupations in the labor market as well as skills such as lifelong learning methods, the acquisition of some general skills such as adaptation with job change and some cognitive skills?
These questions may indicate the extent to which education can prepare the youth according to the needs of the current and future labor market. When, a, when the question arises, when the question arises as to the role of education with all its forms and levels, the issue of preparing the youth to certain occupations available in the labor market follows the preparation stage and is based on competencies that meet the needs of uh, the professions that will be assigned to the youth after graduating from educational institutions. This phase is often followed by the occupation training stage, which is uh, concerned with preparing the youth on the requirements of a specific job. The philosophy of education and training depends on that uh, the job needs have to be performed by the individuals to fulfill some of the skills and be able to carry out the needs of the job to which they will be assigned to. The orientation of occupational training has been to be the unifying feature of many education programs, especially technical education and vocational training. The question that is circulating among interested people is whether these skills are acquired by students or are these acquired skills leading the student to comprehensive education for the youth. <clears throat> in attempts by many countries to confuse vocational and occupation training, uh, the students is allowed to move between jobs without hindrance. They have documented the competency standards of a specific profession and thus built curricula on such competencies. These standards determine the quality of the students who enroll in a specific training program. In addition to some of the skills that exist mainly in each profession, employable skills if these skills allow the students to move from one job to another within the profession according to the market competition requirements the responsibility for occupation training which follows the stage of vocational training and is usually based on the specific job needs of a particular entity remains the responsibility of labor market institutions we are aware that today's labor market is quite different from the labor market in the past as it is characterized by global competition, different cultures, modern technologies, and new management sciences which require from the labor to possess many skills if they do not possess such skills as critical thinking, problem solving, and communication skills, in addition to the advanced skills of the professional skills needed by the job itself. These skills, which are strongly included in the modern labor market, may negate the idea of restricting occupation training to a specific job with the specific skills to meet the needs of the job. It can be concluded that emphasis should be placed on education and training focusing on all the elements required from the job and not just the career skills that we are looking for. The focus is, pa uh, the f the focus is based uh, <coughs> the focus is based on the profession more than the job. Educational and training programs should emphasize uh, educational training programs should emphasize on providing the youth with some basic academic skills, flexibility in learning and lifelong, uh, and lifelong self-learning skills, which enable them to quickly learn and meet rapidly changing career needs. But what is the alternative to occupational training? One of the alternatives offered is the connection between knowledge and a skill or between theory and practice. <coughs> The connection between knowledge and skill will enable students to familiarize themselves with basic education knowledge and link them to the job skills required to the labor market. As long as the normal workers change their job more than twice or even thrice or three times in their working life, this entails, <coughs> this entails 
This entails some cognitive skills, especially those related to creative uh, thinking, to ensure success in the labor market. Mixing between cognitive experiences in a certain field with practical experiences in the same field would increase productivity. Another method of linking knowledge and skill is the curricula based on several areas without bias to a specialization. This idea is based on a strong connection between the knowledge of multiple domains and empowering the youth to link these areas by employing their knowledge. The use of such methods in educating the youth would enable them to assess the knowledge gained and to identify their strengths and weaknesses for each area of their work. So it seems from what we have reviewed in the preceding paragraph that it is very difficult to train individuals on high specialties and specific job skills and then ask them to deal with cognitive and skill overlaps in their working lives. The question that arises through what we have reviewed of discussion is is what kind of individuals do we need? What kind of society do we aim to build? Such questions raise many issues, uh, the most important of which is to approach an educational system that strongly links learning to work and learning to thought alike. The author believes that one... (coughs) The author believes that one of the biggest uh, shortcomings, especially in the education system in the Arab countries, is the failure of these systems to prepare the individual to use their or to use his mental power to link between knowledge and work, theory and practice, and the connection between the other specialty and the content of this specialization, and how to employ them on the practical reality. Unfortunately, these systems were directed to develop the competencies of students to save documents from textbooks. We believe here that teachers teach uh, uh, their students how to use their thinking to reach the facts, not to memorize them, but to work to employ these facts in practical life situations. Also assist them in assessing and evaluating the products of these uses in line with their new conditions. We return to vocation training, which goes beyond the concept of occupational training by its uh, concepts and practices. Education systems specifically include academic knowledge, productive competencies, ethical values, and vocational decision-making skills. These systems also have to promote the connection between knowledge, skill theory, and practice towards constructive learning so that students can have cognitive learning and link it to vocational development. 4. 7. Needs or Requirements It has become a constant in all relevant literature that there are obvious differences between what we need and what we want. Even though the foreign literature has shown it more clearly. The classification of what we need and what we want is included in more than one picture in different literature. The author has been choosing the most common classification, which is the difference between objective and subjective needs. Objective needs are called necessities. This type of needs is determined from the job site or target domain. In other words, what should the individuals learn to perform the job to which they will be assigned to? It may be possible to monitor these needs by analyzing the reality of the target actual work in which work is carried out on a daily basis, and therefore these needs are the necessities that we mentioned earlier, target situation needs. As for the subjective need, or what we want, it reflects the individual sense of what they need. Uh, Such needs are monitored through the same learner 
to summarize what we have said, it is possible to say that what we need, objective needs, is linked to the targeted practical reality in which individuals find themselves after uh, learning processes. Usually these needs are monitored from the people responsible in the site and trainers, even if the educated individuals were not uh, consulted themselves. These, by the way, are the actual needs. As for the subjective needs, what do we want? These are the needs that are determined by the learners themselves and what we call them wants. To get a closer look at the, the difference between what we want, what we need, perhaps we have come to the conclusion that what we need, actual needs or objective needs, determine the content of the education curriculum that we teach individuals about. While the role of what we want comes subjective needs, in determining the methods of modality of implementing content such as choosing the right uh, places or teaching method. Of course, the identification of such a question may require different segments in the community and not only the targeted individuals. However, this identification does not mean that it is final, but it is possible to confuse between what we want and what we need. What we need. To create content based on what we want, what we need. For a technical personnel preparation. One manifestation of globalization on the jobs is the so-called technical preparation of individuals. Even if this term existed since 1990, but some misconceptions still revolve around it and the mechanics of its work. To illustrate this, we may recall here that the technical preparation is actually a teaching system that uh, that combines high school and higher education. This combination leads uh, to the following. Receiving an intermediate university degree or a two-year qualification. This qualification will be on one engineering or vocational field or even any of the various fields. Strengthening the student background in mathematics, science and communication skills by studying the related courses with each other within an integrated study plan. Eventually, the technical preparation phase leads to getting the job and is the last stop for the individual. Some of what we mentioned about the manifestation of globalization on the job comes from the concept of technical preparation to bring together most of these manifestations under a common concept. The most important of which is to link knowledge with the skill, identifying training needs, and uh, learn from the workplace. Although these elements are considered as education and training schools, they are very well established. However, the concept of technical preparation represents one umbrella that works by identifying cognitive and skill background of individuals, their degrees of education and their practical experience. It was therefore important to review the concept of technical preparation in this chapter. The concept of technical preparation is based primarily on the fact that academic knowledge and technical skills cannot be separated from each other at different stages of education and training. In some detail, we do not mean here the connection that we have talked about in previous paragraphs of this chapter, but extends to the stage of final integration between knowledge and theory until it forms integrated curriculum in which courses are divided into general and specialized, leading the individual to acquire advanced skills in the world of job, in addition to knowledge, creative and critical thinking and communication skills to employ them in the application of acquired skills. 
Although the, although the concept of technical preparation seeks to provide the students with the blended competencies of knowledge and application through a study plan that starts with basic courses to specialized courses to serve the target profession, the technical preparation has a distinct character, characteristic as, as it develops students' competencies by contextual learning. This, of course, would entrench the acquired concepts of knowledge, skills, attitudes, and trends. It may be customary that learning from reality does not emerge only when the students are able to use their knowledge in a systematic manner to apply it to the reality of their working life, whether at work sites or elsewhere. Therefore, teaching individuals theoretic knowledge to be applied in manually in the actual work reality to prepare the students to a learning environment in actual work sites would accumulate the knowledge that the students own and work to address to reach to the result of how to take advantage of this knowledge in the actual work sites to discover the facts and create new stuff. Uh, the students have then succeeded in transferring knowledge, including its academic contents, to applications from school to actual work sites. The issue is not a link between knowledge, skill, theory, and practice. This is not enough. But if we want to prepare the youth for future market needs and an advanced and advanced and an advanced technical word and equip them with the necessary competency this requires a reconsideration of the secondary and higher education system since the application of concepts without no acknowledging an integrated system will not meet the requirements of the modern market in the following paragraphs we may explain the most important elements of technical preparation and its application working with the concept of technical uh, preparation requires a system between the parties involved, whether between the general secondary and the institutes and colleges that lead to the acquisition of intermediate university degree or even with universities to obtain the university qualification without repeating what the students study or even losing part of what they studied. So the process is integra integrated. We have touched so we have touched on the need for an integrated system that connects all the stages of education although the main objective of the technical preparation is recruitment. In this case, uh, secondary schools or institutes, colleges and universities under the concept of technical preparation need to partner with the market institutions in order to coordinate between what the student studies and uh, the requirements of the labor market. Since the technological fallout and spectacular technical progress have produced many variables in the labor market, the employer's view of the competency standards required for each profession is very important. Their expectations of the knowledge and skills of new market inputs from the trainees are one of their rights. Perhaps one of the most effective strategies to determine this is what we talked about elsewhere in this book, DECOM developing a curriculum to analyze the job and demonstrate the competencies needed for a particular functional area. In a nutshell, and for the purposes of the uh, present chapter, DECOM is a combination of a number of practitioners in the same area as the target function and the actions we have previously talked about who are asked to define the duties and tasks for each job and hence the knowledge, skills and attitudes of the same profession. The other strategy for detecting the competencies of a function is called DECOM enhanced literal analyzing. Using a delta ends up in identifying the needs in addition to reading, writing, speaking, listening and skills of dealing with numbers through the computer 
for each of the tasks in addition to problem solving and decision making skills. Employing the concept of DECAM and DELTA would result in a distinct partnership between the general secondary, the institutes and colleges, and between education institutions and the market. In the same direction, some countries, including the United States, have established associations and societies of school teachers, professors from institutes, colleges, and universities, and workers in the labor market. These groups agree on a specific description for each group of jobs that fall under a specific profession and are essentially the result of employing DECOM as an example and also other tasks and duties for these jobs through which these groups work to determine even the steps of the preparation of the curricula according to the needs of the needs identified. Thus, the method of partnership between education and market institutions inevitably ends with employment. The concept of technical prep is a two plus two program. The program connects between the last two years of general secondary with two years of institutes and colleges or linking the secondary stage with the apprenticeship system to obtain a diploma or intermediate university degree in a specific profession however this is one of uh, this is one facet of the multiple facets of the technical preparation concept the other facets are multiple the technical uh, uh, the technical preparation can be a four plus two program starting from the third intermediate school, the first secondary, and continuing to the second secondary and the third secondary, and linked to two years at the institute and college. Another aspect of technical preparation, four plus two plus two, is adding two years on one side towards the individual receiving a bachelor's degree. But for the purpose of this system, the college or university may be obliged to calculate the hours that the student studied in the general uh, secondary school or other institute or college. So from what we have reviewed, one of the strengths of the technical preparation system is the flexibility of being able to play the role of a link uh, to different uh, to different education system, including the apprenticeship uh, system. Perhaps some of the most important points of the technical preparation system are as follows. Linking the school to technical and academic education. The school was linked to post-secondary uh, education and the advantage of having a qualification for two years after secondary education. The trainees have access to practical and cognitive skills, strengthening the system of partnership between education institutions and market institutions. The strong link between the teacher and the market institutions through the partnership system on which the technical preparation system is based. Employers are obliged to support the practical experiences of the students with their management by educational and training process in the workplace. <clears throat> four nine, new requirements for the new requirements for youth training and employment. We need to teach the youth how to learn, and encourage them to become able to educate themselves through the available information and different channels witnessed by today's world. The youth, uh, the youth should be made to understand that the greater role in the teaching and learning process has become their responsibility. One, co uh, of course, of course, the beginning is from the stages of basic education. In this information age, we need to educate the youth about the world of information, ways to deal with it, and trends uh, towards a lifelong learning philosophy that should be cultivated. Youth at their early years should be subject to reading and writing skills and dealing with figures 
and knowledge and scientific concepts. The basic concept uh, or the basic knowledge and skills will help the youth to communicate, deal with others and understand uh, the phenomenon uh, the phenomena around them. Such knowledge and skills are also essential in the globalization era. Technical progress has increased the need for more educated youth. Most jobs at present have increased their requirements of scientific depth, knowledge, and technical skills. The youth should be able to analyze and evaluate available information so that they can employ what serves their goals. The knowledge and skills required for the youth from different stages of education include the ability to judge things among several options. Despite the efforts of all governments of the world to develop their education systems, they have not reached the top priority stage of investing in education. The rates of uh, disbursement on education range from 10% of the domestic production of rich countries to 2% for poor countries. Scandinavian countries are among the top countries to spend on education from their uh, domestic production. Norway spends 7.5%, Finland 7.6%, Denmark 8.2%, and Sweden 8.3%. If we compare these high levels of spending on education with the uh, armament spent by such countries on average of 2 percent of GDP, the spending on armaments in the Middle East and North Africa amounts to 20 percent of GDP. As we have stated earlier, one of the most important challenges facing the youth in their preparation, training and employment in today's words uh, is the question of their education, especially in the age of information. We may need to educate the youth on learning skills such as the search for information, critical reading, creative writing, expression and listening to the other. is welcomed and uh, and listening the, to the other is welcomed and the ability to link between uh, knowledge and skills and try to accumulate experiences through learning from situations that confront the youth both in their business premises or their social life they also have to acquire the skills of the ability to analyze compare assess uh, scientific imagination and communication skills One of the main requirements in the globalization era is the possession of a single language or more, especially English. Many people who are interested in training and employment issues support that English is a very important factor in our era and because of the simple fact that most of the uh, most of the uh, techniques and instructions are in English, including websites. Here we emphasize the importance of learning English. Without a doubt that acquiring more than one language, whether two or more, will gain some skills in exchanging information and skills, whether with peers or trainers. Many employers agree on the importance of acquiring practical experience for youth, especially in a young labor market, such as in the Arab Uh, countries where many jobs require practical experiences that the youth do not have. Thus, this market uh, resorts to the use of expatriate expertise. The poor acquisition of practical experiences among the youth is reinforced by the higher and technical education systems in many countries, especially developing ones, which lack the tracks of cooperative education based mainly on labor-based education as explained in Chapter 2. The importance of practical experience is that it enriches their practical competencies by feedback from those who are more experienced, which will, of course, help them to assess the competencies they have acquired, whether through their education, training, or even during their in-service employment. In the age of globalization, the youth need to optimize their thinking and employ it for learning processes everywhere, whether at home, at school, or at the work site. 
Exploiting the best thinking comes with creativity that bridges the gap between what is unknown and what is known and makes the youth use their thinking in different situations and ways. In order to be able to deal with technical advances, the youth should learn about various fields other than the fields of specialization as the sciences nowadays are complex and overlapping and every science is based on the other. The youth need to be informative and educate themselves on all that serves their specialties. The youth have to understand the attitudes around them and the different viewpoints and to accommodate each other and accept others criticizing their actions. The youth should have the required competencies to link their learning with cultural barriers both within their work or with other outside uh, with others outside of this framework. Providing the youth with the specific competencies to enable them to acquire knowledge and the ability to apply it in different locations and positions that gives them the ability to gain experiences faster and more effectively. Such competencies help the youth to have the knowledge and speed of acquiring science from others, especially in today's era where the exchange of information is very important to achieve the goals of education and learning. Critical thinking is important as it is the heart of the learning process, especially in the era of the flow of thought and information where it plays a role in bridging the gap between what we know and what we do not know. It also helps us to locate the new information we have. It is common knowledge that the ability to ask and formulate questions is the total benefit of critical thinking. Raising questions will lead to developing the youth and their competencies. However, the training of youth should include both critical and creative thinking as well as analytical thinking, coping with the problems and the ability to address them. The emphasis is also placed on the fact that the youth need training on how to evaluate the available information, its equality, its authenticity, its relationship to the subject matter to be examined and its limits and then employ it to achieve the goal for which it is intended. The youth at all stages of their work, whether at the beginning or the advanced level, need to gain the ability to make the right decision. The importance of the decision is linked to the level of employment occupied by the youth and the level of influence of the decision taken on others. Decision making is important both in ordinary and practical life. There is no doubt that the more the youth was capable of judging multiple choices and making the right decision, the more productive and effective they are in their work. Providing the youth with the competencies to do so would help them to find the most effective alternatives if the alternatives offered are not appropriate. The youth have to possess the following skills in particular. One, development of alternatives and strategies. Two, monitoring and applying criteria for deciding which of the alternatives are offered and finding an appropriate alternative. Three, finding the necessary sources to assist in the selection process among the alternatives. Four, the ability to evaluate performance, whether it is self-performance or the performance of others, and take advantage of the results of evaluation operations in the development of performance. The youth in the age of globalization should learn and work with others in a world where knowledge is the main outlet. One of the most effective means is to collaborate with others to learn from them and gain from their experiences. Learning how to learn from others will make it possible for the youth to develop their competencies to the fullest for this learning that accumulates their experiences.
Learning how to work with others is a very important topic as it requires skills while dealing with others and also working within a single team. Of course, we do not expect the youth to be uh, educated only within their local work area, but they should take into account their work beyond the limits of their environment, which requires certain competencies, whether to learn from others or to work with them. Therefore, the youth must acquire the competency to deal with multiple cultures, accept others, and respect their beliefs so that learning processes are conducted in an atmosphere of affection and understanding. The youth also have the competency to deal with the human relations, in particular communicating with others on the principle of love, respect, and knowledge of dealing with contradictions and finding solutions and compromises to continue the processes of learning and working with the other as well as respecting the habits and traditions of the other party and working within one team. The most important new uh, requirements for the Uh, training and development of the youth in the time of globalization, although different uh, different from one environment to another, are the most important new requirements for the training and employment of the youth in the time of globalization, although different from one environment to another, are personal health and care, uh, personal health and care for it, as long as the youth will coexist with others. Personal health, including cleanliness, which determines the acceptance of others to the youth or not. The training program must include the basics of personal health, including occupational health, especially for employees with others and working environments that require that such uh, as factories and other. This is number one, personal health. Nine, communication skills, whether speaking, writing, reading, and listening, as well as communication skills as the expression of movements and others. Three, training management. So, uh, two, uh, three, training management, or in other words, the use of training processes and results such as how to identify, analyze, and assess training needs, and also choose the best methods of for training, acquire knowledge, acquiring knowledge and skills, and identifying their applications in the work environment. Four, learning about other cultures and how to deal with them and try to win others within the team. Five, managing pressures and know how to deal with work pressures. At the time of globalization, practices are no longer a local dimension, but their global reach is inevitable with the world's communications and information uh, revolution. This entails a new requirement to employ the youth to help them deal with their relationship between local practices and their connections to universality. As a result, the youth should be trained on the local and global competencies while clarifying the relationship between the local and global dimension. The youth should be familiar with all the global issues that globalization has brought to the world today. Without a doubt, such openness will result in some arrangements which the youth should be aware of, both in or outside the course of their work. Quite simply, the mere openness of the youth to global developments will further aggravate the youth's willingness, will further aggravate the youth's willingness to face them and take the following into consideration. Again, quite simply, the mere openness of youth to global developments will further aggravate the youth's willingness to face them and take the following into consideration. One, develop 
an incentive system that encourages youth to increase their production and face risks in achieving their goals and conversely determine the penalties for employees who are weak in the performance of their functional duties or productivity weaknesses. Two, the youth must be encouraged to acquire cumulative experiences and to think about exploitation by paying attention to small-scale development projects and providing support services for the success of this. Uh, three, encourage the youth to apply what they acquired of knowledge in different uh, and multicultural working environments, different from their own work, different from their own working environment. Four, encourage the youth to learn the skills of risk analysis. Alhamdulillah, that's the end of chapter uh, four, page 240.